Good morning. Good morning. Hey, nice to see you all. And it's great to see so many friends. Some of you, we know each other for, for a long time, for many years. Not as the ears of Duncan, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I bring you greetings from, from our church in, in Mesdra. Uh, so, yeah, it's great that we know each other. We have this friendship. We stay close together, and thank you for your support and prayers and support in different ways. Um, you've been blessing for us in different ways. So, yeah, it's... Uh, Yesterday in our town it was 30 degrees. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, a few, three or four days ago, one morning it was three degrees. Now it's 30. Uh, something is going on, but uh, yeah, looks like like a Christian character weather. You know, someone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then, where is God? You know. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm so happy to be here uh, with you, and I'm so glad for the opportunity to share the, the Word of God with you. Uh, yeah, so uh, Pastor Simon told me that you're going through the Psalms, so he asked me to, to speak on Psalm 24. Uh, by the way, he, uh, he and his wife, a few weeks ago, they visited us in Bulgaria, in Menstra. They had a great time together. Um, Yes, yeah, so we are going into the Word of God. Shall we? Yeah. Okay, we can go to Psalm 24. And, uh, yeah, I will, I will read it. A Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful psalm. It's, all the word of God is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and this psalm starts with the greatness of God. And it helps us to look to God, to the Lord, to the Creator, uh, to lift up our eyes to, uh, to the owner of everything, the one who created everything and holds everything in His, in his hands. So we were singing this morning about the glory of God, how majestic is He, how glorious is He, and uh, our dictionary uh, is, is poor. We, cannot, uh, we don't have enough words to express what really God is. Uh, so uh, this psalm starts with these words to lift up our heads and our, our eyes to God. 
and to remember that he's the creator. He's the owner of everything. Sometimes we argue with each other. This is my car, my house, uh, my property. And, but we lift our eyes to God and say, oh, everything belongs to God. We are just stewards. Uh, and thank you, God, that you give us gifts and you bless us with your things that we use and we are blessed. So uh, this is uh, amazing. And then there is a very vital, interesting question. It says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? It's like, who can be where God is? Who can dwell with God? Who can live with God? Who can be in the presence of God? Because it's not just about where do we live our lives. It's uh, are we with God and how can we live with Him and be with Him and have relationship with Him. So uh, sometimes even for, for Christian people, it's, it's not important to, to be with God, to follow God, to fulfill God's will in their lives. But they're uh, oriented geographically uh, where the life is better and just follow uh, some other instincts and uh, feelings, but not interested. Oh, I know God is everywhere, but I want to have the relationship with Him, to be close with Him, to live with Him, to follow Him. So uh, the will of God for us is to be in His presence. And uh, there is a question, who can be in God's presence? And there are so many promises in the Bible about the presence of God. Because this is the will of God. You know, the, the promises of God uh, are the will of God. That's why God promised some things. Because He wills it for us. It's His heart. It's His desire. If we look at he, um, uh, some of the names of God, like Jehovah Shammah, which means God is there. God is there. He is present. Uh, he is not a distant God somewhere hidden that you seek all your life and you hope to find Him. Somehow, maybe. Uh, or Emmanuel, the name of Jesus. And you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The names of God represent, represent his, uh, his nature, his heart, his desire for people. That's why his name is Jehovah Rapha, God who heals. Yeah? His name is not God who makes you sick. Yeah? Why? Because this is not his heart for people. His heart for people is to be healed to be blessed, to have peace, to have joy. And all these names reveal uh, the nature of, of God, His names about His presence. And what is the presence of, of God? Uh, there is an attribute of God that he, he doesn't share with people. There are some attributes of God that He shares, like love. God is love, and He enables us also to love, to love other people, to love Him. Uh, but there are some attributes that belong only to God because He is God. We are not gods. Yeah? Some people preach we are little gods. You know, this is crazy. There is nothing like this in the Bible. There is one true God and false gods. But not big gods, little gods, middle gods, medium gods. It's, uh, it's, it's wrong ideas. So uh, and one attribute of God is uh, that He is omnipresent. His omnipresence, it belongs only to God, which means that He is everywhere. He is not limited by, by space or time. Uh, so He is everywhere at the same time. He can act differently, but He is everywhere. 
You cannot run away somewhere where God cannot hear you or sees you. Uh, so, like David says in, in, in another psalm, uh, where can I run from your presence? I mean, wherever I go, you're there. Uh, so, God, God is everywhere. Um, in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 8, verse 27, when uh, Solomon, uh, he built the temple, and he's praying, and he's, he's realizing something. And he says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built? Maybe while he was rejoicing, wow, what a wonderful temple. How glorious. The nations will come. Kings and queens will come and see this beauty and glory and praise the Lord and hear about the God of Israel. This is wonderful temple. And it was beautiful. It was majestic. Yeah, it was, yeah, takes your breath. But he, he's realizing something. Oh, God, you're so great. You're so big that I cannot imagine how you can get into this little box here. <laughs> because God is, God is everywhere. So uh, we can find God at a specific place or space because he is not contained by a place. He is, he is everywhere. Um, in a, uh, in the, uh, on the earth, I don't know how it is here, but for example, many people in our country, they like to visit some uh, very relig religious places uh, to experience some energy and uh, power from somewhere, from above, uh, calling it a, a holy place. And then it, they go, they pay a lot of money uh, only to go and experience something, hopefully, maybe, if they're lucky. If not, next year, again. So uh, <coughs> we see that God is everywhere. everywhere. Uh, and I, I'll give some, <coughs> some, a little bit theology. Is it okay? Yeah? You like it? Yeah. You're scholarly people, well taught, I know. Uh, yeah, theology is good because it gives you good foundation so you can build on your Christian life. Uh, because um, otherwise, uh, a person takes one verse and uh, out of context makes uh, a whole doctrine which is wrong. And like a few years ago, one very scholarly guy uh, in Bulgaria, he wrote a book about life after death. And he took one verse from Ecclesiastic and he came up with very strange revelations and ideas what happens when a person dies. He sends the body somewhere, the soul on second place, the, the spirit on third place, which is not right. You have to see the, the whole picture. So some, <clears throat> some things uh, which are fund, fund, foundational. Uh, God is omnipresent, but he doesn't live in every person. He lives in people who have opened their hearts and said, okay, Lord, I want you to live in me. Yeah. Come in me. Yeah. Uh, who accept Jesus. Uh, he is omnipresent, but he is not in everything. Uh, this religion that says God is in the stones, in the rocks, in the sun, in the water, in the stars, in the wind, uh, it's called pantheism. And you know all these 
the religions when they mix creator and creation. Let's put it on the same, the same level. God is present everywhere amongst his creation, but he is distinct from the creation. Uh, just like if you take a, a sponge and put it in water, the water is everywhere in the sponge, but the water is not the sponge. Yeah. They are things they, distinct. And God is omnipresent, but acting in different ways in different places. For example, recently I, um, I saw that some uh, revivals taking place in the States, different campuses, universities, and young people get baptized. And uh, wonderful. It doesn't mean that God is busy out there, and this morning we are trying to do something by ourselves, you know, and uh, when he finishes there, he will come to the east or something like this. God is everywhere, and he can manifest and do different things at the same time. We can be, uh, sit or stand to each other, and I can cry, you can laugh, or because God is working individually in our lives. So, yeah. And here we, we come up with the question, if God is omnipresent, why thinking and seeking his presence? I mean, well, he's everywhere. So why should I bother about this, his presence? He's everywhere. Yeah, because there, uh, his presence, uh, there are different aspects of his presence where the Bible speaks about it. And the first, the first aspect, I'll call it, or way of his presence is that God is present to sustain the, the universe. Yeah? He's, he's everywhere in his creation, and he sustains this universe. If it's not God, things will really fall apart. We think that things are falling apart, and yes, morally, yes. When there are wars and people being killed and uh, countries are being destroyed, uh, economies fall apart, and so on and so on. But if God just let things go, we will really find out what is <laughs> to have the universe without uh, the God's sustain, God sustaining it. Like in Acts chapter 17, verses 25-28, Paul, he is preaching and says, Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind, to all mankind life and bread and everything. Oh, I thought it just happens. Uh, it's just... Evolution, it, it, things just happen. The, the Bible says that uh, the, uh, the, the sun is shining for the good and for the evil. The rain is also falling for the good and for the evil. Uh, this is what in theology they, they call it uh, common grace, this general grace, which is for everyone, you know. Um, so that's what Paul is speaking here. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should see God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from, from each one of us. I can't, because he's everywhere. And he is near. And at the same time, we can be very far from God in our relationship with him. Uh, yeah. uh, in him we live and move and, ha and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So we see here, God is everywhere. He's present everywhere to sustain the world he has created. Like we read in 
Psalm 24, the first and second verse. The, the second way of God's presence is when God is present to, to judge. He is there, but He is there to judge. Like Adam and Eve, when, when they committed the sin, uh, they didn't obey God, and God was again came, yeah? But it was different. Was He present? Yes. Was He speaking to them? Yes. They were he hearing their voice, His voice? Yes. But it was different. Before God, God's glory comes and Adam and Eve are happy. Hallelujah. Now God comes and they are afraid. They feel guilty. They want to hide. He needs to find them. <laughs> and uh, so he speaks uh, judgment, the consequences of the sins. The, the children of, of Israel, God was speaking to them so many times and it was like judging for, for, their, for their sins. And one day, on the judgment day, yeah, there will be many people standing before God in His presence, but not as his, their friend, but uh, as their, their judge, because that was their choice. And the third way, which is, uh, in, in most cases, that is what is meant when we read in the Bible about the presence of God and what we mean when we say we want the presence of God, this is when God is present to bless, to give joy, to give peace, to forgive, to give righteousness, to heal, to lift you up, to give hope, to set free, to deliver. Amen? So we see that uh, as we say that God is everywhere, His presence is everywhere, but at the same time, when we say we seek the presence of God, we want the presence of God, uh, we, that's what, exactly what we mean. That we are with God and we have the favor of God. We have the grace of God. He is with us to bless us, to lead us, to give us life, to give us hope. Uh, in Genesis chapter 4, uh, from verse 11 to 16, we, we will read, uh, this is... After Cain ki killed his uh, brother Abel, uh, Abel, yeah, Cain and Abel, yeah, uh, and um, here's what God tells him: "And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth." Cain said to the Lord. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. I, every time when I read this, I smile, because everyone who finds me will kill me. Well, if the first one kills you, don't bother about the rest. So... <laughs> um, then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of not east of Eden. So, first, um, Cain says, uh, I will be hidden from your face. And then, in verse 16, uh, it says that Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. 
Uh, it's in the same way in our Bible. Uh, this, it's in Hebrew, it's the same word, uh, the word for face, but it's translated, some, translated sometimes face, sometimes presence. Uh, the translator decided how to translate it um, depending on the context. Uh, and this word also means uh, before, like before the Lord or before the king. So you're um, in the presence of the Lord or in the presence of the king or before his, his face. So we, we can see this connection here be, between the face of God and the presence of God. In, uh, in, in Psalm 24, it says that those who seek, those who seek his face, uh, they're people of God, yeah? The people that seek seek His face or seek His presence, and and uh, it says that when He went away from the presence of the Lord, He settled in the land of Nod. And I see that in the English Bible, it's uh, there. There are some notes that Nod means wandering, uh, and it's it's true that when someone is not in the presence of God, he is wandering. He is a fugitive. He, he is not home. Away from God, we are not home. We are uh, homeless. We are beggars. We are orphans when we are away from God. Uh, I don't know, maybe someone of you uh, have uh, come across uh, testimonies of people from jail. Uh, and I remember once I read one testimony, and this person says, uh, I know I was spent all my life in prison. Because he has a, uh, how do you call it, life sentence? Or, uh, and, but he says, I found Jesus and I'm really free. So it's, for me, it's hard to understand how he can be free uh, in, in, in prison. But it means that he really encountered God, uh, encountered and experienced the love of God, the presence of God, and... Uh, he is really home. He is really free. And this is very true. When we are with, with God, when we have relationship with God, we are, we are home. When Cain went away from, from the presence of God, he went into wandering. His life was wandering. He was homeless, so to say. Um, so we see this connection of the presence of God, the face of God. In Exodus 33... Um, I will start reading the passage, Exodus 33, from verse 11 to 23. Uh, I think the, I have 30 minutes, but uh, usually Rob gave me this idea that uh, I, uh, I translate. So 30 minutes for one language, 30 minutes for another language. <laughs> yeah. So you may say, but you speak in English. Yeah, but God speaks to me in Bulgarian, I have to translate it. So. <laughs> yeah. So, Exodus 33. Uh, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man uh, like me, would not depart from the tent. So, here it says that Moses spoke to God face to face. Uh, it doesn't mean that he was literally seeing the face of God, but as a friend, which means close relationship. Close relationship. So close was Moses with God. Um, 
and then we go on. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Moses was good mediator, intercessor, and he was bargaining, doing a good bargain with God, just like Abraham, because when, when God was angry, he said, take your people, uh, and here he says, <clears throat> God, they're your people, not my people, so you do something with them. And he, and he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Again, it's the same word, so we can say, that God says, my face will go with you, you know, my presence. Yeah. So we'll, I'll be close with you, I'll be near, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, for, from every other people on the face of the earth? Um, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. It's, it's interesting. Yeah? Uh, Moses asked God, show me your glory, God. Moses has seen so many miracles, miraculous things of God, but he says, well, I, I want to know you. I want something more. For us, if miracles, signs and wonders occur, we'll be happy and maybe this could be enough. But for Moses, this is not enough. He's the person in the Old Testament, also like David, who wants something more. They say, Lord, I want, I really want you. <laughs> not only your things. You're, you will do it, but I want to know you. In the New Testament, such a person is Paul, who has done so great things for the gospel, and he says, I have one goal, one purpose, to know him. To know him. Yeah. So he says, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious uh, to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face. For men shall not see me and live. But Moses didn't ask, Lord, show me your face. He said, show me your glory. But he said, well, you cannot see my face. So here we can see another connection between the glory of God and the face of God. Because the face is what represents and expresses the personality. So uh, this, we see this, this connection. And he goes on. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, back but my face shall not be seen. So, yeah, because we know why. Because Moses would have a great experience, but he will not be able to share it with others. <laughs> Uh, and 
It's, it's the face that is uh, identified in our, uh, in our passports or ID. You know, they want the safe. Recently, I had to renew my driver's license, and they took a picture of me here. They didn't ask me about my hands or some other parts of the body. They, they want the, the face. They want the, the face. And uh, it's interesting, uh, in Hebrew, the word face is always in plural. It's, it's a grammatical thing. It's always like this, uh, but because in, in our language, and I think in English also, it doesn't work like, oh, uh, like, Duncan, I haven't seen your faces for a long time. No. So, in a sense, it, it, it doesn't make sense, but actually, it does make sense, because uh, one face can have many, many expressions. And if we open our phones and go to the emotion you know, the smileys and emoticons, or how you call it, uh, there are maybe hundreds of them. Uh, years ago, it was just one smile, one sad. Just like on, on, on Facebook, you had like, dislike. Now you cannot dislike. You can only like. And yeah, someone has said that uh, fa Facebook is like communism. You just share and like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but now you have all, because one face can express so many emotions. And the face of God is, is Him. This is His goodness, his, his glory, His presence that can be manifested in so different ways. Um, and the, in the Old Testament, there was this priest blessing uh, in, in, in Leviticus or in Numbers uh, yeah, I, I forgot the place, but where it says, the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his face upon you. What face? Pictures falling from the heaven or what? Which means his presence to be with you. His glory to be with you. Because this is, this is the blessing to be with God. This is the blessing. All other things to meet your needs, to, to be healed or to, uh, financial or whatever it is. It, it's, it, they are blessings, but the blessing is to be with God, to be in His presence, to dwell, to dwell in Him. Uh, and um, we know what happened with Moses' face when he was speaking with God and he goes to the people. His face was shining. Standing before the face of God, standing in the presence of God, living in the presence of God will, will change our face. The way we express, the way we react. His presence will change the presence we carry at school, college, work, neighbors, even in the church. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's an um, influence. It, it impacts us. So this is the presence that we want. We pray. And this, here is the question. Who can live in that presence? Uh, where God is there to bless, for good, for protection, for peace, for joy, for life, for freedom. He's on our side. We speak about relationship. So this is what we mean when we speak about His, His presence. And in, in Psalm 24, there are two things, right? like two questions. First is in verse 3, where it says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in His holy place? So it's about going in the presence of God. 
Who can enter the presence of this perfect, holy, almighty God? Who can do it? And uh, if we um, read the verse, uh, verse 4, it looks pretty easy at first sight. Yeah, clean hands, pure heart. Yeah. Uh-huh. How can you have pure hearts? It's, we think it's easy. Yeah. Uh, but that is not. So first it's about going in the presence of God. And uh, from verse 7 to 10 in Psalm 24, it's about God's presence coming in. It's about God's presence coming in. And... How, how this is possible? How can we be clean and pure and holy? Uh, we need someone to do it for us. Uh, because it's not about something that we try to do right. The Bible, because the Bible doesn't say try it, it says do it. Yeah. I try to forgive. It says forgive, not try. Just give it a try. If it works for you, maybe it works for somebody else. Or try to love people. It says love people. Yeah? Love God. Not try to love God and try to love your neighbor as yourself. But just choose what to do. It says do it. And we, we try to do it. We will see that from our, out of our own strength, it doesn't come very naturally. <laughs> naturally, other things come. Uh, and also, even the Bible doesn't say just do things, but become something. Like this uh, rich young man who came to Jesus and asked him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? To do? What can you do? You know, this is a wrong question. It's not about what I can do, but who I should become. Because to have eternal life, me and you, we should become children of God. We need to be kids of, kids of God, children of God. We need to be born again. And this is not something that we, uh, we do through our good works. We cannot earn it. We need to just open our hearts and receive it as a gift, as a gift from God. Amen? We cannot come before God and, uh, and say, Okay, here, Lord, in this bucket are all my tries, all that I tried. And here's some good holy works that I've done this week or this month or this year. So can we exchange and turn it into eternal life somehow? It doesn't work this way. We just need to humble our hearts and, and come to, to the cross and realize what Jesus has done for us. And through his death and resurrection, we receive his forgiveness. We become born again. We become new creation in Jesus Christ. And his grace and his Holy Spirit enables us to live a new life is pleasing, pleasing to God. So it's not our effort and trying to earn it. We receive the gift. And then with God's strength, we live uh, the way he wants us to, uh, to live. So through him, we can boldly come into his presence. And through him, his presence can come, come into us. Amen? Amen. And enter, enter into us. This is what the New Testament shows us. We in God... And God in us. It's possible. In the Old Testament, God had uh, a temple. He built a temple for God, but uh, for the people to go there. In the New Testament, God builds uh, people into a temple of God. And all of this is possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
So who can go to this hill? Who can live in his holy place? Who can stand before God? Who can live with him? And who can be filled with this presence? Who is um, worthy that the king of glory will come and live in his heart? All those people who say yes to Jesus and put their trust in, in what he has done and receive the gift of, of salvation and forgiveness and eternal life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. May the, the worship team come to the front and can we, can we stand up please and, and pray? <coughs> Lord, we, we realize this morning how great thou art, <laughs> how wonderful you are. Sometimes we have our own ideas about the living God, and, but when we read the Bible, when we come to the Word of God, we see how great and holy and perfect you are, and your standards are so high, so we can never, with our own strength, reach it and fulfill all the, all the conditions and meet all the requirements. And with our own strength, we will fail. But thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus Christ as a gift to this world so we can be saved, forgiven, reconciled with God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, becoming a children of God so that we can live in your presence until we are on this earth, while we are on this earth and for eternity with you in your glory. And also, you come to live in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this grace, for this mercy, for this goodness. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.